Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. This is Bell coming at you from behind the mic on Thirst World Problems. And today we're trying out something new. We're having a little fun with it. I got my man B in the studio. I'm remotely here. I'm ready to go. And we, and we got Nick in the studio. B, can you lower your camera? I want to see what's on your table right now. Nothing. Something There's no Xbox fucking... controller? Well, there was, but I moved it aside. Oh, okay. Oh, I see the Xbox right there. Okay. Okay, just making sure. What's up, y'all? What's up? We're all wearing glasses today. Got the Expos hat. Most people watching probably have no idea who the Expos are. Yeah, because they only elderly people know it, right? So the Expos were <laughs> Montreal-based team from the MLB in the early '90s, late '90s, I guess. And uh, yeah, man, they got uh, they got the caboose. They got kicked out. Rest is history. I have a cool question for you guys. Sounds good. Let's hear it. If you can pick two expansion teams from the NBA and two expansion teams for the NFL. Where would you put them? B. Well, the NBA's kind of already said they're expanding, hopefully soon, but um, Seattle, I'd 100% put the team back in Seattle. I don't even think that's so, a question. I don't think they should have lost it anyways because it was there's so much behind that, that sale because that Oklahoma owner basically bought the team and lied yeah, yeah. and relocated thing, it anyway. The thing with Seattle was their arena was super old, and they weren't making money. The, the fans weren't coming in. So <clears throat> it was a tough situation. It was kind of like us in the Jets, right? Like we, our fan base wasn't there in the end. Like it wasn't selling out. But then we yeah. lost them for like, what, 15 years? And yeah. now and everyone, now we're everyone's doing whatever it takes to come, right? But um, yeah, so yes, yeah, Seattle, what's the other one? Seattle and number two, same thing. West Coast. I I think I want Vancouver to have a team again. I want it to be the Grizzlies. I know that can't happen. You want but, two West uh, Coast teams? Is that even I want possible? two teams in that area. Like in that area, there's. I think there could be support for it. That's the whole West Coast. Like you know, edge you gotta, edge there with, gotta, with BC and Washington. Okay, State. but then you got to balance it out. So from the West Coast, who would you move to the East Coast? You got to move one team to the East Coast. Then obviously a Midwest team. Yeah, but you know your geography. Yeah, again, I haven't thought that far, so don't uh, don't don't put that on me. But uh, the Grizzlies and the Supersonics, I love that name. I just I just want Seattle to have a team. I don't know what it is about it, and Vancouver obviously too. So, would you would you have to give them back their team name since Oklahoma? It's technically Oklahoma's. Well, the th- well they could get it. The Seattle could get it because it's not the same name anymore, right? It's just like the Jets. The Jets got like a exception to be called the Jets because it was the Thrashers that moved here, right? Right, right, right. But the situation is all the history and stuff is actually with Oklahoma City. So if you ever yeah. look it up, yeah, retired jerseys, drafting Kevin Durant, etc. Right? Everything, yeah. yeah. Everything. So that's so- with the Thunder, yeah. But that's what that's actually what they did for the Jets, though, is they they knew that the history would stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they just give him a clean slate anyway. So people, you have to be a historian of it to, to actually differentiate which Jets teams are you talking about, right? Like, are you talking about the Jets team that went to Atlanta yeah. or are you talking about the new age Jets team, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Bill, what do you got? For NBA, I'd want to start off with a team in Vegas. 
I think that now that uh, they're starting to get football, now that they've got the NHL, NBA should only be the natural uh, transition in there. It'd be fun to go out and see a game. As you might be able to catch a hockey game as well as an NBA game all in that city and you have something to do after. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And, I mean, we're just going to be greedy Canadians. But, yeah, I'd love to see a team, uh, another team back here in Canada so we can challenge and have, like, you know, one on uh, the East Coast here and one on the West Coast would be nice. For football, I'd want to see team in Toronto. It'd be nice to have a Canadian team for the NFL. I mean, they get the Bills games, or they're trying to get some of the Bills games. So why not get an official team out there? And then I don't know where I'd actually put another NFL team. Maybe like a smaller city just for the hell of it. Like, uh, like, like OKC, but like just another one of those towns where you're like, why do they even have a professional team? Just somewhere out of the way. Oklahoma would be, wouldn't be bad because Sooners, right, are so huge. But at the same time, would those Sooners fans try to become the professional team fans? You know what I mean? Like it's pretty tough to transition from that. There's a ton of like college teams that there's tons of college teams that have a sport that don't have a professional team. So maybe you try to transition into one of those towns and see if you can, like you say, can sustain both levels of football. But I wanted to be somewhere out of way, not a major city, just for like entertainment purposes, just for my own personal one. I put the NFL. I have to put it somewhere in Canada. I'll put it in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Toronto or Montreal, I think we, you could put it in one of those areas, and I think it'd be okay. Toronto, probably more so. Um, and then I am pretty upset that the Raiders left Oakland, so I, I would expand the team to Oakland. Obviously, it may not make the best sense because across the bridge, and you know, the, there's, te- there's a team there, but I think Oakland can still support a team very well, and their fans are, you know, they're some of the best fans in the league. So if you know, with them leaving to Vegas, um, and I don't know why Bell just said Vegas would be his thing when the team's already moving there next year, the Raiders. NBA, but, uh, no, you're saying that for NBA. NBA, <laughs> NBA bro. <laughs> I, saw, I saw an opportunity there to fucking go at you. So, um, But yeah, I'd bring the Raiders back. I think, um, you know, under the Oakland name, whatever they call them, I think uh, that could definitely be one of their best spots. So, NBA... Seattle for sure needs to go back. And then for the East Coast, I think you need to go somewhere somewhere along the lines like a Virginia team. I think like something smaller would impact that area. Not Virginia, but like along those lines, like somewhere in the South Coast, right? So I think I don't know how well it would do, but because a lot of those places are college towns, right? I think that would work out. I think it would help that city out. Because you can't just go to a bigger city that's already well-developed. It just doesn't make sense. Like, what's the point of putting them there when it's already developed, right? But if you put it on a smaller standpoint, it will show the NBA. Well, it would show the NBA that, hey, smaller teams can actually sell out. You know what I mean? Because what's the the average arena? 20,000? Yeah, like 18,000, 19,000. That's standard now, right? So you can do that. And I feel like... uh, I feel like that would help out and it would probably look into more smaller market teams. It just shows like smaller market teams can make a big difference. It's not how it used to be where you need to be, be go to a big market team and play amazing. Right. So. Yeah. You're connected to everything now. Right. But still exactly. the big market, I think still has its pluses. Well, the, but the NBA, the NBA has this like, I forget what the term is, but basically it balances out where, 
it's not how it used to be where everyone just either wanted to play for LA or New York or the big teams. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> it was, it's not like that anymore. So now it's balanced out. That's why you see guys like um, Lillard. He can play in Portland because Portland can afford him because they have that balanced rule out where well, every, every still, player doesn't have to go to a big market team to make actual huge money. So well, well, you we, we do just see a lot of these guys though, play all on the same big teams though. What's that? Like we're seeing like LA being, well, we're seeing all the teams be powerhouses from the big markets, right? Well, LA's like got the top seven players in the league, right? Top eight players in the league. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that is, that's just the destination, right? You're not going based off of how much money you can get there. You're going based off of who's there, right? So LeBron's always yeah, going to bring yeah, people yeah. in. But at the same time, the destination of LA is huge. Look at the Clippers. Everyone's playing for the Clippers now too, right? Like it's the same arena, you know? Um, New York's the exception because... Nobody wants to play there because it's just poor ownership. People are just not stupid. People are going to Brooklyn instead. You know, you got top two players. One of the top players, uh, Kevin Durant, went to Brooklyn instead. Obviously, there's a reason, right? And then look at Boston. Boston's always a big powerhouse team. You have lots of guys. Like Dallas is still good. Atlanta has Trey Young now. Like you, like all these teams oh, yeah. have stars. It's great, but but yeah. the thing is, did a lot of those players pick to go there where they drafted there, right? We have to, we kind of have to revisit this when Luca's about to resign or Trey's about to resign because right now they just got drafted. They don't have a choice, right? Right, right. But I mean, look at a guy like Anthony Davis who played for New Orleans for so many years. He just decided to leave, right? Yeah. And even guys like um, Lillard. Lillard's drafted by Portland. That's it, right? He's there forever. Yeah. I don't know how well they'll do, but like, he's he's he's, the thing is these small market teams can sign these guys to same amount that a a big market team can do so it's that that's where the balance is going at right so yeah um but go ahead go ahead that was a pretty long few questions i have for you (laughs) well we got a we got another question in here from uh from last week so last week we did our little segment where we were asking each other questions and we said we were going to take uh some questions in this week from uh, our listeners here. So one of the questions that we have here is what is one thing that you would like to learn? So something that you can't do, not get better at something you'd like to learn, a brand new skill that you'd like to learn when we start off with be here since he was the last one in school. I want to, I kind of want to learn a little bit more about uh, investing in the stock market and, th- and stuff like that. Like I think a lot of us, you know, know the outsides of it, but then when you really want to do it, it's like, well, how do I do it? How do I get started type of thing? So I've actually tried in the last probably month trying to learn a little bit more about it, but that would be the big thing is, is to know that because there's so much, there's so much passive income that you can get out of that. Right. And it's, if, if you have a bank account that your money's just sitting in now, like if, if you can have like a, you know, a trading account or something and just have the money sit in, you know, just things like oil mortgages, like easy stuff that doesn't go up or down. But if you get a little bit more out of that money, um, I think that's kind of the big thing. One of the big things I want to learn. I know it's not, you know, it's not uh, learning out a bowl or something that Bell's going to say, right? But <laughs> Hey, I'm going to say that's uh, pretty cerebral. Good on your part, man. Millennials trying to take care of his money, man. Yeah, man. What about you, Nick? Antoine Walker taught me a lot. So I want to, uh, I think I want to be more, more like more of a handyman, like just learn how to do 
you know, just, just, you know, just like you know, a, learn how to put the toilet paper on the. Yeah, you know, no. One of my big goals is I wanna, I wanna redo my kitchen. So the only way you can learn is trial and error, right? So I'm okay <laughs> with it. But I mean, like that's that's my one of my goals. Like I just want to be more handy and just, you know, something that I know I can get done instead of dropping that extra. I think it's more of an investment to yourself dropping that extra money for something that yeah. you could do yourself, right? That's so. actually pretty big, yeah, because you're. In a way, you're making money when you do that, right? So, it's true. Yeah. So you mean so yeah. basically you want to so your main thing you want to put on your own winter tires next year is what you're saying, basically. Uh, I did put on my own winter tires. <laughs> so you want to so the next year you want to put those those big old winter tires on yourself. Okay, got it. Yo, I should turn. I should take my winter tires off. Oh yeah, you are rotting those things right now. Yeah, I should take them off right now. But anyways. I got, I got, I got lots of days to figure out if I want to do it or not. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit of time. I'm wondering though, is everyone in your house uh, on board with you uh, just doing a little trial and error here while you try to remodel the kitchen? Yeah, man, everyone's good. <laughs> what well, man. Offer? Hey, man, he's he's the judge, the jury, and the executioner, and he does he has no one to answer to. But that's right. For me, the thing I want to learn how to do finally is. Start to cook uh, some Vietnamese, uh, Vietnamese and Thai or something that I want to learn how to cook. Like I love going for that food, but I want to learn how to cook uh, a little bit more of that style at home for myself. So I could eat that stuff all day. So I figured if I learn how to cook, it might be a little bit, uh, a little bit easier than you know, always going out. You gotta buy cooking um, oil first. That won't be a problem, man. I've been deep frying like crazy lately too, man. Get my French fry game on, chicken. Oh. Game. You gotta, you gotta take the, you gotta take the wrap off the uh, stove, and I start cooking. Listen, man, this quarantine is gonna end up giving me an extra few pounds. I won't lie about is that. Is your, is your instruction manual still in the, in the oven? You gotta take that out, bro. Stove top, man. Stove top <laughs> and deep fryer, man. That's what I'm. About. Next question. Let's get it. Next question we have here is your favorite drink, and it says non-alcoholic here. Your favorite drink, so non-alcoholic drink. Yeah. To pass the time, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, right? Eh? Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, mine would also have to be some sort of soda pop, as they call it. Anything, anything zero, Coke Zero, Diet Coke, anything like that. Um, special shout out to Orange Juice, but other than that, that's, that's pretty much it. You? For me, I like a nice Arnold Palmer, man. A little half and half with a mix of lemonade, <laughs> mix of iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> little, little arm, little Palmer. Delicious on a nice summer day, man. <clears throat> Carson, Carson Palmer. So, what, what do you do for the winter then? For winter, I like a nice uh, ginger tea. Nice little ginger tea, fresh ground ginger. Toss it in the pot there. Put in some honey. It's the spot, man. Get rid of that tickle in your throat. So. You eat nothing normal, though. I don't think that's that abnormal. Lemonade and iced tea, just put them together. No. That's normal, especially at summertime. And ginger tea. Now everyone likes tea, right? A little add a little ginger. <laughs> okay, we get it. We get it, man. We get it. Next question. We get it. You're cultured, man. We get it. You're cultured. Yeah. You're more educated than us. We get it. Oh, did you hear B's answer to that first one? Uh, he wants to become a day trader. That's uh, that's pretty important. No, I never said day trader. Uh, for upgraded car, I'd like some. You know, I like I like nothing crazy. Like, you know, maybe one of the. I look. I like the new Grand Cherokees and stuff like that too. Like you know, maxed out, obviously. Um, 
I, for a dream car, I've always liked, I've always liked the Lexus LFA. I don't know what it is about it. I just like it. Um, and then on top of that, um, another one is a Porsche Panamera. I always like the Panamera because it's, it's a little bit bigger, but it's also has that car kind of look. So those would be my, my two, the, the Grand Cherokee and the Porsche. For myself, so I got an RDX. 2016 and i got a 97 z3 bmw z3 the dream is to have an audi r8 that's the dream nice uh i got a uh a dodge uh neon i'm gonna upgrade that to a like a dodge charger or a dodge avenger and then uh the dream car would be like a chrysler 300 with a, a little with a legal limit of tint and a nice black one. It can't be a can't be a white one or any of those little light. Ones. That's actually a very that's actually a very uh, attainable dream car. Like I can just go on Kijiji and maybe even buy it for five grand. <laughs> that sounds like a an, an very underachieving goal. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I'm not a car guy. I've said that before, man. I'm not I'm not a car guy. I like the way I like the way they drive and how they handle, and uh, I'll be happy with that. And. Uh, put my money elsewhere here in the, in the buying ginger apparently but, so that's, that's but still you would think thing. that but you would still think that if you didn't know much about cars or anything like you would still girl go over Chrysler 300 I, I guess the new ones are pretty nice though like inside if you mean like a brand new one I think I'm thinking of like a 05 or 06 <laughs> or something but that's good though folks we are back and uh, there's one thing that we want to talk about. If a lot of these are going to be related to the coronavirus, some not. But uh, the big question to ask you two is, how can airlines bounce back from this situation? Uh, that's taken a huge hit regarding the coronavirus. So I just want to give you guys a little info on this. Uh, International Air Transport Association uh, last week said the coronavirus could wipe out between $63 billion and $113 billion dollars worldwide airline revenue this year basically a lot of companies apparently since 9-11 have been preparing for a situation like this that's why you've been hearing cuts a lot of people getting laid off cuts airlines being dropped etc because they're trying to prepare for situations like this that's what they're saying i don't know how true that is but according to the airline industry these guys are not going to take a financial hit on this what are your thoughts on this? Do you believe that or not? So just commenting on that and one of the things that you were saying there about how they've been preparing for a lot of this. Yep. So from the research that, I, uh, that I've come across, what they oh, were... Oh, you did research? <laughs> well, that's the fun thing about this. On Thirst World Problems, oftentimes we accuse of causing more problems instead of actually solving anything. So now that we're going to have this segment here, we hey, actually... Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> speak for <laughs> yourself. Actually, we actually jump in and then start... Uh, start giving some good info and starting to help you solve these problems, uh, I think a little more people will be happy. But getting back to my point, like I was saying, from 2010 to 2019, after airlines pay their expenses, after they, you know, restock on capital expenditures, so like new planes, uh, you know, upgrading and doing reformatting, they put 90%, 96% of the money that they have left over goes into them buying their own stock. So they just keep funneling that money back into them. It's not really set aside so much as in here's a war chest. Like, I don't know if you know, like some of the major sports leagues will do that in case there's a work stoppage or in case something comes up like this, the coronavirus, right? Like a pandemic comes up. They're putting away major money aside every year as part of the revenue. It's a bit of a war chest. So if anything happens, they have that here. 
the airlines haven't really been doing that. They've been putting the money into their own stocks. So if something happened elsewhere in the world, they'd be fine. But putting it back into their own stocks or taking their own bonuses and paying their CEOs, that money is basically fictional. And once this happens and their stock prices get hit, then they start, that money starts to disappear, right? But, That's but why Bell, you start hearing you, about a lot of Bell, but about the do you know why they do that, though? Because in the end, what it does is it increases their own personal profit. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, then they don't have any money if something goes, right? So the big thing with airlines, like, you know, even Boeing and Air Canada, WestJet, obviously the Canadian ones, you know, Delta, you know, all the big ones, United, um, the big thing with them is that if anything really happens, like if there's a point where they can't even operate, they just get the, the government just gives them a stimulus package every time. This has happened many times. And that's why a lot of the time, um, you know, people will criticize airlines being like, well, why do you do things in this way? Because they're so they're a private company, but they're so essential. If we didn't have them, there's no, they, the whole world falls apart, right? You can't travel, right, exactly. you can't do business, you know, professional sports leagues can't play, the businessmen can't get to the meeting, you know, you can't go see your family, like everything, everything that, that is all right with the world, you know, doesn't work. So they how just you, keep doing what if, they're doing. How would you feel if the airline was government owned? It could be positive. Again, they're heavily regulated by the government already. So, yep. you know... It just sucks to know that, you know, if I started a restaurant and I couldn't, you know, feed as many people and make money, I would go out of business. But these guys, you know, it's happened to Air Canada in the past. Like, you know, yep. they just get re-upped and then there you go, right? So it's like they're they're just yep. too big to fail, right? So that's the big difference between us and the United States is that because we have so few airlines, ours is already, like you said, heavily regulated. Like the difference between us and the states is enormous, enormous gap. So what needs to happen, I guess, more along the lines of America when we're talking about this, especially since we're influenced by their airlines, is the regulations need to be tighter, almost as tight as they are here in Canada for supporting American airlines. When they're talking about bailing out, bailing out some of these airlines, especially the American ones, they're saying Air Canada and WestJet, which in comparison, I think we employ... I think the number is 70,000 people, whereas in the state, they, it's 700,000, right? And then it gets into the millions when you start to talk about people that are indirectly influenced by the airline. So it's really the state that we're talking about bailing out and some of the major European, European airlines. And the problem is, like you said, they've been going around without having to build up that chest because... They've always been used to failing and then having some kind of repercussion. This just happened with 9-11, and they're still not prepared for something like that to happen again, counting on regulation. And last time they got the, got the bailout, there wasn't any regulations around whether or not they could use the buyback program. So they were still using that money that they were given to buy stocks and stuff in the end. So that this time around, we have to be a lot tighter so this kind of thing doesn't happen and hamper a lot of our, uh, like our essential travel, which really is the smaller travelers, like NBA teams, like professional sports teams are going to ha- still have access because they have the money to private jets. They're still going to be able to move back and forth and keep the entertainment going. It's more along the less of a smaller folks that aren't going to have the luxury of cheap flights. And if you're talking about the States again, their flights like flying 
across the country, they could do it for 90 to 100 bucks kind of thing, right? For us, we've already been used to the regulations and the lack of airlines. So we've already been paying three or $400 just to fly to Toronto. You know what I mean? There's there's this um, app I got invited to is regarding uh, like private flights. And there's like certain tiers that you can go into. It starts bronze, silver, gold, platinum. And like, I think it was like, all the way to triple platinum triple platinum is like 400k or something you pay a year the lowest one's twenty thousand dollars now the twenty thousand dollars includes you and uh six people that can go with you on a private flight but the only issue is you're not going to get the best dates you're just going to get whatever dates like the leftover dates and you can use this flight wherever you want to go you just have to give them a heads up book it set it up now would you guys do something like this i think the silver was i think like around 50 to 60 and that gives you more more people to go would you guys ever do something like that if you guys were balling out of your mind <laughs> that's the thing you have to be balling out of your mind you said the lowest tier is 20 g's yeah yeah 20 g's for six people so you're looking at about, about four think about how many times you can use that flight Rather than your Chrysler 300. <laughs> so, well, that is the thing. So, how often can you use it, or is that one time per year that you get access to? No, nope. you can you can use it because it goes by priority. Like which tier gets obviously you'd get last priority. So, whatever last priority, you would have to book your book the flight around that time. So it could be like December not December, let's use uh, January like 21st or something like on a Tuesday. You would have to use something like that. Yeah, like Tuesday to Thursday and then you got to fly back or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it if you were like retired. That might get uh, pretty interesting or unless you own your own business where you could take your vacation whenever. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a neat way to do things and just get to see different parts of the world and fly in style. Uh, for More a hassle, right? There's no hassle. Go in, go out, boom. I think it'd be tougher if you work a, a nine to five or you got a family or whatnot, but it's interesting. It's an interesting idea. What about a young what guy like me? I could see me doing that. Just before uh, we run out of tape, <laughs> so our recording tape. stops here. Is that the two eighties for you guys or what? Oh my God. I just wanted to get your last thoughts there on the, on the airline that we were talking about there. So what's your, what's your thoughts? Should we should we be bailing these guys out? Should we let them suffer and let the market correct itself? Where do you, where do you stand on uh, some of these? Not just in Canada in general, but I guess just the airlines as a whole. I think there's there's so many certain factors to this. It's like one, I feel like the issue is there's not enough international airports. So us, for example, we always have to either go to Toronto or you have to go to Edmonton or Vancouver or Montreal. You have to go somewhere in order to get to somewhere else or, or Minneapolis. I feel like if you made more international airports, you can make um, just straight direct flights to places instead of going multiple places. I feel like the multiple places is what's causing issues for us, right? So if somebody wants to go from, you know, let's say for us, for example, we need to go to, <clears throat> we want to go to LA. 
we have to go to Calgary first. Calgary goes to Vancouver. Vancouver takes us to San Francisco. San Francisco takes us to LA. It's like, it's such a long process. If you want to go direct, then you got to pay more. But it's like, well, you're literally stopping. It's kind of like, it's literally kind of like, um, as a, as when you, when you were a kid and you just got your license, you never filled up gas in your car. You only, you were like, no, I'm just going to put like 20 bucks in. That's good enough. Right. And you always think 20 bucks is enough. I used to think that, but realistically, if you fill it up, it's actually a lot cheaper. Right. And I feel yeah, like that's what airlines do. My tank. Yeah. And I feel like that's what airlines used to do. It's like, okay, we're going to fly here. Okay. We're going to fill up. Okay. We're going to fly here. Fill up. Okay. Well think about how much fuel you're wasting that all you could have just gone solid straight and save that fuel. I feel like we need better analytics as for airports. We need smarter people running airports than just your average Joe. No offense to those people, but I feel like that's, that's, <laughs> that's a bigger thing. We need to start, we need to start being a little bit more smarter. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at, I don't really want to compare this to NASA, but NASA, it's all about math, right? How are you going to calculate, you know, going to point A to point B. How are we going to do it? If you're one calculation off, it's a big deal. I feel like airports should be doing that, right? We need to we need to be smarter about this. How can we save? What are we doing to save? And when we are saving, you know, what, what is it really worth going to, you know, a two-hour flight? Is it really worth $50? And there's only like four people in it? I get it. It's a great deal. But in the end, it's like, cool, you're costing the airline that much money. Like, you know, we got we got to be smarter with things like that. I feel like that's, I feel like just just uh, the destinations need to be a little bit better. Fair enough. And B, what are your thoughts on it to wrap them up? Well, I think you have to bail them out, right? Like, I don't want to live in a world where there's no fucking airline. You can't there's nothing to look forward to. You can't fly to where you want, or and that's just the thing is, it's not even the government that's like, oh, we got to bail these guys out. Oh, we got to help them out. It's at the end of the day if there was a poll taken to Canadians, we'd probably vote that, yeah, bail them out, right? Because then you can't go see who you want or you can't go, you know, to all-inclusive or you can't go and watch a game or whatever you want. So you can't go party. You can't go to Vegas for, you know, whatever. Like, it, so it's it's huge. Like, I think you have to bail them out and I think it's going to continue to happen, right? So that's just a privilege that, not the privilege, that's a bad word to use, but that's kind of the it's kind of the advantage that they've gotten from, from owning the whole industry, right? Is that if, if we lose them, that's it. So I think you have to build it out. Fair enough. There you go. Two flips of a coin. I got one last question for you. Can you say no offense and then call people uh, dummies? Uh, <laughs> it is basically, does anyone ever not take offense when you say no offense? And then, uh, <laughs> every time, every time they, that's, <laughs> I've said that too, I said? Really like, but... Did I say that? <laughs> no, more or less, but I mean, that's what happens when people say that, right? Like, oh, no offense, but your girl isn't pretty as uh, you said she was. Like, no offense, this or that. And then you just go off and, like, think that gives you enough room to be, like, just lay into someone. Nothing you necessarily on that one, but... Like, like think, hey, I don't want to go back to this, but I have to. Think about, think about if we calculated and use analytics so well, think about how much money airlines would be saving individually oh i agree with you what's what's the cost of get a to get someone who's really good at analytics 50k a year 60 70 whatever it is right that's probably going to save you 
so much more rather than you going, okay, we need, we need to be more funded. We need more funding. We need more funding. We got to lay off people. I mean, how many people could you lay off? Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, imagine if we had so many experienced people working at airports when you can control these situations, but when you're laying people off and you're not bringing them back, now you have somebody new. So that somebody new could be a risk of, you know, hey, that person could walk by. He may have something or, you know, one slip error. The person that you laid off could have done so many times so easily. Like, like people need to think about things like that. And I feel like in the end, when you lay off people, you're actually losing a lot of money because there is there is quite a bit of a cost of hiring people. It's, it's pretty expensive actually hiring people. It's not cheap. Fair enough. No offense, but uh, I'm tired of hearing your voices. So I think we're, uh, we're going to wrap this segment right there. How do you guys feel about Tom Brady's uh, contract that he just got? That he just signed with the Bucks. Two years, 50 mil f- guaranteed fully. What are your thoughts on that? By the look of your reaction, Bell. By the look <laughs> of B's and Bell's reactions, you guys, you guys don't really give a shit. Like it's no secret. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the biggest uh, Brady fan. I can respect what he did, but I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest Brady fan. Now to guarantee him fifty mil for two years. Does Brady have two full years left in him? Well, it's. It I, th- I think neat. it's more just. It's more just. How can we pry him away from the Patriots? Right. I think that was more of that kind of look. Well, that's it. So I mean, it it could pay off. It could pay off this year. They have to get caught, and they've got to be a better team than they than they were last year with Brady as opposed to Winston. But I don't know if that's going to be enough in itself. Where's Winston? Uh, looking for a job. I mean, he threw so Where's many picks. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough so for playing, him. To, so he's going to play for the Bombers. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Davis Winston on the Bombers would be would be a fun fun to watch. I might actually go out and watch a few games if uh, if he made it down here. But the difference of Brady as opposed to Winston is you have someone reliable. Brady's got all the weapons that he's wanted for the last couple of years. He's got two elite receivers. He's got tons of potential at the tight end position. You got Brady, you got Howard there. Uh, the running backs, he's got one that can pound it. He's got one that can kind of catch it out of the backfield. So he's got the weapons there. It's going to be interesting because in the same division with Drew Brees. So it's going to it's going to be interesting to see if he can sustain it. I just can't see him doing it for two years, though. So Why? Huh? Dude, he was the MVP two years ago. How many years ago? Three years ago. <laughs> and what did he... And Yeah, he's, he's still a solid quarterback, but is he the one that puts them, puts them over the yeah. hump? They were a 7-9 team last year, so how many wins does Brady account for? Is he going to be throwing this like twelve? Yeah, easily, so that, man. It's. I think this is going to be. Mean, I think this is the puzzle piece. Like, I think this is a perfect fit. Like, he's got the two probably best duo receivers in the whole league. He's got two tight ends, one athletic OJ Howard. You know, one reliable as well in Bray. The old line's good. The defense is good. The coach is going to listen to him. Bruce, uh, Bruce Arians is. Like, I think this is going to be right out the gate. Just, I think it's going to be big. And I like that he took a little bit of uh, less money uh, to Nick's point because um, at an average 25 mil, 
these are the quarterbacks making more than him right now. Russell Wilson, Big Ben's making 34, Aaron Rodgers, 33, Jared Goff, 33, Wentz, 30, Matt Ryan, 30. So he's trending around the 10th or 11th highest paid in the league based on that deal. But he knows, like I heard that, I heard that the deal has a, a, it has a no trade clause, so they can't trade him anywhere. And B, it has a clause that they can't franchise tag him. So after the two years, he, he, cause he's always said he wants to play until 45. So after the first two years, it's basically his full decision that he can leave or, so they basically gave him everything. And I think they're going to hit the ground running hard. I don't think it's going to be always too old or I just think there's so many weapons that, that, you know, they can't, you can't really expose the guy because he moves great in the pocket. He'll throw it down the field. He could dip and dip, whatever you want. He could do it. So I think uh, it's amazing for the Bucks. I think they're a contender, honestly, right away. You think, well, you, think this is a, you think this is a true test for Belichick now? Now that Brady's gone? How good of a coach? Or do you think he's just... Yeah, it's it's huge test. It's just, I think you can't really put that on him because the team isn't good at all. Like, without... Right, right. You know, we saw that last year. It was really just... It wasn't really the Patriots. It was just Tom Brady and what he can do. So, whoever they get there now, I, I hope they get, like, a Cam Newton or even a Jameis, I think, would be pretty good under Belichick. But... Again, they don't have the weapons, right? So I don't think I think they're going to be bad to not bad to start, but like I could see them missing the playoffs. We got to wait and see what uh, what Brady looks like here because he's going to be playing in the hardest division that he's played in, in a long time. Breeze, Atlanta. Bring it on. <laughs> good Patriot, <laughs> Brady's your boy. Yeah, it'll no, be fun not, to watch. Actually, though. He's That's- not my boy. I just kind of know i know like people are always always so old but you have to all these things when you're saying he's so old and he hasn't done what he has is because of the people he had around him he can't elevate those people like he used to they actually have to be there now you have to be a good football player and now he's got it right be all your buddies that are patriots fans do you think now they're just gonna go no i'm just a tom brady fan and get Tampa Bay jerseys or what? Well, I don't think I don't have that many friends that are Patriots fans, but they, yeah, everyone does that, right? Oh, I'm a LeBron, I'm a LeBron oh, yeah, fan. Cleveland. Was, yeah, I was a fan then, but honestly, I came to know that I'm a LeBron. But I'm kind of like that too, though. Like, anytime you guys ask me who my favorite football team is or something, I usually will say the Eagles because I liked them as a kid. But I like following players now. Like, I don't know if that's just me, but. I like following players that, you know, I like this player, I like that player. It's not so much team anymore, right? So, What's one of your favorite NFL players? Since you say you like uh, following players, usually in the NFL, you usually don't see that quite connection. So, uh, I, love, I love Alvin Kamara. He's on my favorite. Okay. Um, I like Lamar Jackson. DeAndre Hopkins is one of my favorite players as well. Um, yeah, like running backs-wise, Zeke, you know, all the all the big-name guys, but – um, I think there's a lot like in the NFL, I think it's more becoming uh, like the NBA now. Like you, you really get to know it's, it's like you can, you, you get to know the players more. Like it's not just the NBA. We see them up close. Like it's kind of transitioning a little bit. I think hockey's the one that people just don't know how anyone looks or, or anything. Right. Like the first time you see them is the first time you do a Google search or something. 